All right, everybody. Welcome to the jungle. It's a really exciting time right now. The Heat had their media day. And, you know, I have a lot of thoughts. So I figured I'd put them on here on this Welcome to the Jungle Episode 1 Media Day version podcast. So um, I thought I'd go through the roster because everyone knows that uh, we, you know, we don't have a bench. I don't know. I, ha- I haven't told many people, but uh, we, we don't have a bench. We have a good starting lineup. Um, and so, you know, we'll go through the roster. We'll go through the lineup and uh, we'll figure out how everybody looked today. And, you know, if my thoughts changed, you know, based on uh, physical appearances and whatnot. So let's see who was the first one to come out. I think it was Kyle Lowry, the newest Heat member. Uh, he looks pretty good. Um you know, he he likes to wear those baggy shorts and those bag and that baggy jersey. But you know, I kind of play like 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 that too. I like to throw on the sleeves, the long sleeves. Play with like an extra large T-shirt, high socks, but shorts above the knees. Um, you know, I feel comfortable like that. So maybe Kyle does too. I'm really excited to have him. I think he's going to provide great leadership for us. Um, I think he's going to turn Bam into an absolute monster. Um, uh, the concerns are the his injury history. Last year, I believe, he only played like half the season. Is it because, you know, Toronto was out of it already? Who knows? But but I think uh, he provides the team is just incredible leadership that can't be replaced. Um, and because we did a signing trade, we got him for three years at almost, you know, $30 million per. So... You know, we didn't make quite the investment, but hopefully it uh, it, it pays off. So um, today at Media Day, he kind of just gave your run-of-the-mill answers. Uh, didn't do much uh, in regards of, you know, making any, saying anything funny or talking about how excited he is to be in Miami. And, you know, he just kind of, nothing popped out, but uh, he looked good. Uh, you know, looks like he's ready to go, and uh, you know, I'm sure it's been it's it's a little weird from you know going being in Toronto for that long, and getting to Miami, and you know it's a little bit of a culture shock. Let's let's call it all right. Um, after that, we did see Jimmy Butler make an appearance, put some big face coffee on the table as a you know nice little endorsement, and um, and yeah, Jimmy Jimmy looked a little skinny, which. I, I don't know how to feel. I, I, I kind of want him to play a little bit more for this year. So, you know, if he's going to do that, then he needs to be a little bulkier. Um, and the reason I want him to play a little bit before is, you know, somebody we're going to talk about later is Vic Oladipo. Um, I would love that small ball lineup of Lowry, Duncan, Depot, Butler, Bam. I think that could be sort of, you know, let's call it your death lineup. Like when Golden State had had was started Iggy and Draymond at the four and the five, so you know um, yeah, he looked skinny, but he looked. I think he covered most of the talk was around his braids and headband, and um, you know I trust Jimmy. You know I, I, he could he could come in you know a few pounds overweight. I trust him, 
uh, especially after what he did in the bubble that year. I had a lot of questions prior to that, whether he can be a superstar to lead a team to, you know, to win a conference. Obviously, he proved me wrong. And uh, he's 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 a horse. So, you know, that's it's Jimmy Butler. I don't know much more than you could say. Um, I did watch some film on Jimmy when he was in Philly and he was hitting that the three pointer pretty consistently and he looked comfortable doing it like the shot looked good it wasn't rushed it wasn't a line drive it was you know well it, it was shot well with the elbow tucked you know good elevations he stayed inside the phone booth but when he's here it's like I, I don't know what happened he, with his jumper and I feel like I don't know who's gonna tell it to him. I don't know if they want to shake his confidence or whatnot. But he's got to get back in the gym shooting 500 threes a day because that just totally changes our team if he's able to be a threat from there. Because right now the only you know three level scorer that we have is Kyle. You know, being able to attack the rim, being able to hit a pull up off a screen, and then being able to hit a knockdown jumper from from the land of milk and honey as my boy Jax likes to say so you know I'd like I'd like Jimmy to start working on that I I'm sure the team would as well but you know sometimes suppose you know uh what do you call it his philosophy is not to bring it up or not to you know and the reason he does that is so that they're not in their own head but yeah, I mean, everything changes if Jimmy's able to shoot, you know, let's let's say 34% from three rather than 23% because we already kind of can't shoot as it is. You know, we have one shooter on this entire team. I mean, if you, I don't know if you count Tyler Hero as a shooter after his performance last season. Um, you know, he was billed as a shooter, and I think that's just because he's white. But... But yeah, I, you know we have one shooter, and, and and we need to we need to change that. Jimmy's got to be able to knock it down and take it with comfort, and not thinking about it. Um, so yeah, Jimmy looked good, looked strong, a um, little thin, but you know we'll see if that was done purposely. Who knows? Um, then we got Bam. Bam finally took off that stupid undershirt, looked good, showed those broad muscles, um, and he looks like he's ready to go. Uh, no fro bam so the fro is gone he shaved the head just like he had in the Olympics Uh, looked good Uh, he talked about his shooting and that's what he wanted to improve this offseason that's TBD and he said he was going to be more assertive but he also said that after every single game last season but uh, but yeah this team I mean this team goes as far as bam goes so uh, if he's a if he's a twenty and ten guy, which you know everyone thinks he's going to be inside that organization, um, then you know we're a real threat. To, the Heat are a real threat to win the conference. So you know, hopefully, he added that element to his game of being able to knock down, you know, a catch and shoot, or even you know left hand drive to the pull up. Um, I would love to see him get a screen or two I think that would be really cool maybe uh, uh, forward to forward screens or even a a guard screen I I think that would really be because of his ability to handle the ball and and rack it you know 
that's a that's gonna be interesting. I, I feel like Spo definitely. I've heard him say it before. You know, we got to get him in the uh, in the ball screens. But we're gonna move forward along here. Um, so Bam is an obvious one. Uh, the next one that I noticed was PJ Tucker. He he looked good, little reserved, little quiet in his interviews. Um, you know, coming coming from Milwaukee where he just won a championship, I feel like he's a little bit salty. Just because he like he in every interview that he had over the offseason, he wanted to stay there, but obviously the money didn't work for whatever reason. You know, they got their salary issues up in Milwaukee. But you know, he he is he happy to be here? I don't know. Like in every inter- on Instagram, you know when when he switched teams, he didn't say, "Oh, you know, welcome to Miami. I'm happy to be here." And blah blah. blah. It was all about Milwaukee. It wasn't even, you know. I loved my time there. It was just, yeah, I'm kind of pissed it didn't work out. I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to defend that championship. But now that he's in Miami, you know, I hope that he can kind of still bring everything he brings to the table. Um, and he, he, like Spo said earlier today, he's a he's a Heat culture guy. So it remains to be seen if he can consistently hit that jumper, which. In the heat system, the four needs to be able to knock down a three. And he kind of has regressed in three-point shooting over the last couple of years. But, you know, if anybody remembers him from his Houston days in the D'Antoni system, he was relied upon heavily to knock down that corner three. And in Miami, you get more of the pocket three um, because of the side pick-and-roll action that we run. The corner man rises as a safety for a drive and kickback for a three. So, you know, maybe Spo makes some adjustments where where PJ can be can take more corner threes since that is his specialty. But um but we'll see. That's it's gonna be really interesting to see what Spo does uh at the four spot. Which brings me to my next guy, uh Markeith Morris, who appearance wise to be honest, to me, didn't look all that great. I don't know. Maybe it could be that the camera angles weren't fair. But, uh, you know, he kind of reminded me of James Johnson coming back, you know, after he just got paid. So um, we'll see. Maybe he bulked up on purpose. Maybe he had a little bit of muscle because he knew he was going to play the four and needed to be a little bit of a bruiser down there. Um, I think he's going to end up starting. Uh, I think that's kind of like Spo really puts value in a, in a bench rotation. And if anybody has been listening to me to the last couple of weeks, uh, there the bench is is in trouble. Uh, and and we'll go into it after this. But um, so I so I think he's gonna want PJ to come off the bench to provide a little bit of a spark, a little bit of energy, some leadership with the young players that are gonna be on that bench. And so that's my prediction to start the season. I think it's going to be like a Harkless situation. The four has always been plug and play for Spo. He's never really gone with like kind of the best player. Even with last year, it took him a while to start Trevor Ariza. Uh, I go all the way back to like Sean Williams, Sean with an E, who started at the four over you know some other players that probably were more worthy. Um, 
so yeah, I think uh, I think Morris ends up starting the season. Hopefully, he's in better shape than what he looked in the photos that came out today. But uh, you know, he, he he's 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 the lesser of the Morris twins, but he can he can knock down an open shot. Uh, and if anything, that he has shown that they can, you know, bring the best out of players, and, and he could be one of those guys. We had a bunch of veterans come in here in, in 2016, 2017 that, you know, between Wayne Ellington, Deion Waiters, James Johnson, you know, it'd be interesting to see if if Morris can have the, uh, will have the same effect. So um, I think that he ends up starting. I think he's the Miami Heat starting four. Uh, I th- he's more of a guy that can hit that pocket three, probably. And... You know, I know he's good friends. I know he's from the Philly area, so he's good friends with Lowry. That so that relationship's already there. Uh, from what I understand, he's he's good friends with Bam, but you know, it seems like Bam's good friends with everybody in this league. And then uh, same thing with um, who do you call it? Jimmy Butler? Uh, they're they're friends as well. So um, it seems that uh, Markeith is is really excited to be here, which you know, which uh, to me is a positive. Just hope that you know he's in shape and can defend. And last but not least, I, I I'm gonna be I'm gonna get so frustrated with the stupid technicals he's gonna have this year, and uh, you know hopefully he can keep his cool. Hopefully, if he Udonis can, can tell him to relax and tell him that's his role, you know, as far as throwing chairs, yelling at refs, and doing whatever. Um, so because uh, yes, technicals are dumb, and he tends to get a lot of them. So. Uh, yeah, so that's that's Markeith. Um, the next person that I had noticed was Max Struess, who, you know, to me, Max Struess, I don't even know what to think of. Um, going into this offseason, I just, I didn't know if he was going to be back. I knew that he liked him. But was he going to be in a two-way capacity? Was he going to get a contract, a guaranteed contract? Who I, I didn't know. But it seems to me, everything that I read and everything I watched and his interview with on Duncan Robinson's podcast, Max is going to get a shot here to be, to back up you know, Jimmy and the guards. Um, he's obviously an, a, an excellent shooter. But what's more impressive is... His ability to ball handle and play above the rim. So if you look at his highlights at DePaul, and then I looked at his stats, he was averaging twenty at DePaul, which I mean, it's pretty impressive. I don't know what I, I off the top of my head, I don't remember what his shooting percentages were, but for the fact that he was averaging twenty at a D one school for a guy who has a similar story to Duncan, where he he started at a I don't even remember the name of the school. But it it was it was it was a D2 institution and he was, you know, killing it over there. DePaul found him and I think his first year at DePaul averaged 18, then second year, 20. And I mean, that's averaging 20 at that level is no joke. So um, if you look at his highlights, he was playing above the rim, uh, scoring off the bounce, shooting threes, knocking them down. And from what I understand, he's he's become a lot better on defense, which, you know, Duncan has as well. And that was the rap on Duncan was he can't defend, which he showed last season that he's much better. 
Um, but yeah, the these white guys tend to get the whistle from uh, from the refs for because I feel like they just have the you know the expectation that these guys are going to be bad at defense, so they're going to foul. But um, and they had joked about that on the podcast. But uh, but yeah, it's going to be. I mean, you you ask any other NBA fan that's not a Heat fan, you know, what do you think about Max Struess being you know one of the first two or three people coming off the bench for the for the Heat? I mean, they'd laugh in your face. So you know, that's sort of what I think of. But at the same time. I was the guy yelling and screaming, Duncan is not an NBA player. And now that motherfucker makes $90 million over five years and is probably a top three shooter in the world. So um, Max Struess, I'm going to give you a chance because I learned my lesson from Duncan. So um, Max looked good. Uh, He looked like he added some muscle. Last year, I felt he he was a little bit pudgy, uh, you know, pudgy for you know for an NBA player. Um, but uh, he's talked about the work he's put in in the gym, and let's see, let's see. I think he's in summer league. He absolutely killed it. He played a lot more with the ball, and you, you know we have a couple scores that are coming off the bench, and uh, and him and Tyler Hero. But you know the key will be. For this team is, you know, can they defend? And in my opinion, Max can. Tyler is uh, really TBD, which let's go into Tyler. Uh, Tyler, you know, everybody talked about the muscle and how much, you know, how much he's gained and how different he looked. To me, he didn't look different at all except, you know, in the lower body and the calves. And he, he looked like he was a lot stronger, which, you know, may, you know could make the difference in, in terms of his game but you know as far as his arms and and just kind of his torso and whatnot he looked pretty much the same to me I I, I don't buy the you know it's it kind of like when uh two year, two or three years ago Dion Waiters you know when he first got to the heat he was really skinny and in shape and was to me you know on you know that he told the line of being like last player reserve on an all-star team like the guy who gets put in the put in the game or put on the team because you know somebody gets injured or whatnot but anyway so so he was at that level had the ankle injury got paid came back was you know overweight uh stayed overweight came back the next season worked really hard in the offseason but not as hard as when he was making you know rookie deal money so um, I reported that he was still overweight. He came back and he was still overweight, despite all the photos and all the Photoshop that people do and, you know, and him working out and him looking skinny. I, I, I you know, Dion, Dion Waiters was not in shape coming back that season. So that's how I feel, you know, about Tyler. Tyler, no, you're wrong. Tyler, totally two different situations. Tyler's just, I think he's just naturally skinny. It's going to be hard for him to bulk up. And I'm not so sure that's like good for his game. So I'm actually happy with what he did. If if he added that strength to his lower body, I feel like that's a big key. And maybe if he can really sh- shape up that core so that he can kind of elevate a little bit better, maybe in in the in the in the key, in in getting those floaters off, and just being a stronger 
ball handler because that's a lot of lower body. Um, being a d- better defender, again, that's lower body sliding, moving your hips, running off screens. Uh, you know, it'll be really interesting. Maybe that was a point of emphasis for them was, hey, we got to get your lower body uh, stronger. And so if that was the case, then all power to that strength and conditioning staff because you could tell the difference in lower body for sure. Upper body looks exactly the same to me. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more veiny, but uh, but that's about it. So congrats to the new dad. Um, you know, I'm really excited to see what he does um, offensively. Because, you know, he had this coming out party in the bubble. And then personally, I thought he was trending all-star best player on the team caliber guy and you know he he let's face it he had a bad year and um you know just uh on the stat sheet it looked better but he didn't take that leap let's call it but again it's with the with the bubble and covid and all that and personal in his personal life he had a lot of things going on um, you know, hopefully he's got a clear mind right now and being a guy who currently has a three month old sleeping in the next room over here, I know that he's not going to get a lot of sleep. Hopefully he's hired some help to, with that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think for him, what's going to be crucial is that ball screen offense. Because that's what we like to run, the handoffs, the ball screens. And Kyle is going to run a lot of that with the first group. And my prediction is Kyle and Tyler won't play when he first comes in. I think he's going to sub him out, and then the second quarter we'll kind of play a little bit together. But Tyler needs to learn how to run, you know, off a ball screen and make a play happen, you know, whether it's that pull-up. Whether it's hitting the roll man, whether it's hitting the pop, whether it's reversing, whether it's, you know, doing a hesitation dribble and what we call a crab dribble and moving to his left and either shooting it or, you know, finding a cutter or somebody else coming off the screen. So I think for him and, and Spo, Spo just loves the ball screen so much and the handoffs, he's got to figure out how to play off those. And then lastly, for him, what I'd like to see is, you know, I think the obvious is the obvious is going to be defense, defense, defense. But I'm going to stick to offense here because I think that's what makes him special. And that's who he is. Um, offensively, I'd like to see him be a better three-point shooter. Uh, you know, he, he works his ass off. And I know I've heard the tales of how many shots he gets up in the gym. He, he's got to be a better knockdown shooter. He's got to be, you know, I'm not saying Duncan Robinson level, but he's got to be hitting 35% at minimum. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to be, for him to be around 38%. So that, you know, his, his rookie year, he, he, was a, he was a great three-point shooter, especially in the clutch. But last year, it really dropped off. So um, the volume went up too. So I think that Tyler uh, will have a bounce back year, and I'm hoping he will. He's one of my favorite players on his team. There's a lot of rumors of him not getting along with certain players on the team, and and this you know the organization wanting to 
maybe part ways. I, I hope they try to find a, made, a way to make this work because, you know, him and Bam are, are the young guys and, and I like how this roster is shaping up as far as, you know, vets, young guys, then projects. So, um, you know, let's see what happens with Tyler. So Tyler's going to be, you know, our, let's call it sixth man of the year. And then we already talked about Morris and Tucker. And um, let me touch on Duncan actually real quick cause to, to round out that uh, starting five. Duncan's going to be going to be Duncan. He's going to come off those screens. Um, from what I understand, he's gotten a little bit stronger. And you could tell today at media day he looked the part. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of the same stuff is going to be run between him and Bam, the handoffs, the slip screens, um, you know, the him rejecting screens and, and, and cutting. It's going to be interesting to see how Lowry, Lowry and him play because Lowry needs the ball so much. But, but yeah, uh, so, so Duncan, you know, happy to have him back and looking forward to him setting a lot of heat records and hopefully some NBA records. So that brings me to uh, the next part of the bench. Uh, we, we did Morris. We did Tyler. We did Struth. All right, let me pull up the roster here. All right, so. Let's talk about the backup point guard position. Uh, looks like Gabe Vincent's going to get the part. The, the part that's not a movie. It looks like Gabe, Gabe Vincent's going to get the job as the primary ball handler coming off the bench. Um, you know, I think Gabe is a really good on-ball defender, and I think that's why Spo and the Heat like him so much. I, I, I don't think he's, you know, a rotation NBA guy. And I think when you're trying to, you know, win your conference, which you know, should be the goal for Miami this season, I don't think you can have a guy like Gabe playing, let's say, fifteen to twenty minutes a game. You know, is it if some if, if you got some injuries that, you know, yeah, he's fine. But you know, he he was built as a shooter when we first got him, um, and then what really popped out to me was his ability to defend the on ball, especially when he picks up the length of the court. But you know, he doesn't do enough for me offensively to really make a difference and you know i don't know how many rosters in this league he's making so again to me that's that was a huge miss this offseason um i would have loved for them to they, they clearly said to themselves you know we're going with gabe or that's going to be our that's who's going to back up uh kyle and if kyle and if if it's not gabe they're going to have you know tyler do some ball handling Obviously, they like Bam bringing up the ball. They like Jimmy with the ball. So they're not so concerned about a traditional backup point guard. But I think Gabe's going to play. I think they I think they have a plan for him to, to get some spot minutes in every game, You know, at least one stint every half, if not at least one stint in the first half. So I think he's going to play. So is it, does it matter that much? Probably not. But considering how weak the bench is, um. I'm a little concerned with a trust that we're going to put in him. So I think, you know, I would have loved for them to get like a smart, you know, backup point guard. And my, you know, everybody knows that I'm obsessed with Rajon Rondo. Um, you know, 
especially after the Lakers series in the finals playing against him. He's just so brilliant. And I think him and Spo combined, just putting them together is just a match made in heaven. And, you know, obviously he brings everything defensively. He can handle the ball. He's a leader. He gets you organized. So I think for a, you know, for a young group that's going to be coming off the bench and Struess and Hero, it, it would have been cool to have a leader like Rondo on the court. Um, and I feel like they could have made it happen. Another guy that I was hoping that maybe they could find their way is maybe Patrick Beverly um, off the bench. I mean, imagine Patrick Beverly with a Morris, with Butler, with Bam, with Tucker, with Kyle, with Debo. Oof, oh, man, if, if we got Beverly back, that would have been incredible. So, you know, they didn't do that. And then I was um, hoping that they, you know, when they had the last roster spot open, they would get in on the Schroeder sweepstakes um, because of how cheap he was going for. But uh, Boston swept in, got hit their man. And, uh, you know, that's kind of our loss because not only do we not get him, he goes to a conference rival. So, you know, I would have that would have been my preference at at point guard uh, for the second unit. Um, But let's see. Let's see what Gabe can do. Hopefully he proves me wrong. But to me, that was a big miss. Um, And then last but not least, we have to talk about. uh, Oh. Before I get to Depot, I'm going to talk about Dwayne Dedman. Glad to have him back. Rebounding machine um, is a decent free throw shooter. You know, for somebody who's getting offensive rebounds and then trying to put back up, you know, a lot of times they'll get fouled. So for him to knock those down at, at the line is huge. Um, he obviously was probably the best player in that miserable Buck series this past season that we got swept in. Uh, so you know, I'm really glad to have him back, especially at a at a very modest cost of the minimum. And I think he's going to you know, be a very serviceable rotation piece for us. And uh, let me get into a few more guys here. Uh, KZ, everybody knows how I feel about KZ. They got to cut him. Uh, just lose, lose the guaranteed money. Uh, he's not worth the time anymore. He, you know, I, I hate that I've been so right about this, but from the from the jump from from day one watching his college tape at Stanford I was like what did they see in this guy and they had him ranked right behind Tyler so like if Tyler wasn't there on their big board they were taking Casey Akpala and thank God Tyler was there um, but anyway so we ended up getting Casey anyway and we and we traded about three second round picks for him so you know if this ends up being a bust they obviously he obviously get a pass for all their hits. But it just—it's unfortunate because you know I feel like the fan base overhyped him a little bit, and I feel like that got into his head. And maybe he could have been, you know, a serviceable player as you know your twelfth guy. But if he's getting minutes this year, we're in trouble because he's—he's at this day just not an NBA player. Uh, In summer league, he looked awful. Uh, In you know when he's in Sioux Falls, he's not doing anything great. And in Sioux Falls, it's like, you know, it's like the rec, it, the rec league that I play in is, is better than Sioux Falls. Like, what's his name? Who was that guy that we had from Tennessee? Uh, Jarnell Stokes was putting up like 35, 15, and five blocks in, in the Sioux Falls. So, you know, if KZ can't get right over there, then, then you know, I've given up on him, on him already. But uh, we'll see, you know, hopefully he make a decision here soon. 
because you know he's taking up a roster spot, and you know I would love to for it to go to somebody else, like one of the two guys that we have on two ways. Um, I'm, uh, Caleb Martin, I don't really know much about. I haven't had time really to watch to watch his film, but my guess he's a, he's gonna be okay. I don't know how much he's gonna play, but I really really like Marcus Garrett, and Marcus to me makes this roster next year somehow uh, because of how great he is on the defensive end and Spo loves that. So I think Marcus is here to stay for a little bit. So, you know, if they get rid of KZ somehow, you know, trade him for our heavily, heavily, heavily protected second round pick that will never convey just to get the guaranteed money off the books, you know, I'd be happy make way for somebody like Marcus or whoever else is out there uh, to make the squad. Um, and then the other guy that's really interesting is Omer Yurtsevin. Obviously, was the talk of summer league, and um, you know I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little bit skeptical about Omer. Uh, he, he's you know a dinosaur in our game, but he can shoot the three. But still, he's he's more of a traditional back to the basket kind of guy, over the left shoulder hook. I, I, I don't think you know that will translate to you know. NBA basketball, especially today, when you know with today's pace and with how Kyle's going to want to run. So, you know, I think he ends up being on the bench until you know Deadman is hurt or something, um, and or misses a couple games. Maybe year seven will get some minutes here and there. But uh, you know, to me, he's he's whatever. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hype around him. I'm sort of scared of what you know social media will do to him like how they did at KZ where they hyped them up and then maybe they get in their head a little bit. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, and then last but not least, I'll finish this off by talking about our boy, Victor Oladipo. It was good to see him again today in a heat Jersey. Uh, he looked like his upper body was bulked up a little bit. And obviously because he's not running or, or he wasn't running or doing anything crazy, uh, cardio wise, it seemed that he was a little bit thick up top, which, which look, he looked good. Um, he is our X factor. I mean, the whole season, in my opinion, comes out to him. He changes what's un, us, he changes us from having no bench, you know, just basically to having a decent bench. And you know, not everybody could say. You know, you're bringing an all-star off the bench like like Victor Oladipo, especially at the guard position. So, yeah, you know, it, it all comes down to him, in my opinion. Whether if he's not healthy, he doesn't play. My prediction for this Heat team is, you know, second round exit. If he's healthy, and he doesn't even have to be Indiana Vic. If he's, you know, what he was last year prior to getting hurt, just as far as his production, I think the Heat are going to be knocking the, at the door of winning the conference. So, you know, to me, it, it all comes down to Vic. It's really crazy of, of, of how far we can go. Um, unless Bam, like I said earlier, makes that incredible leap to, let's call it 25 and 10, and is just you know a totally different player and, you know, makes that leap to become a top 15 NBA player, and okay, then maybe we could survive with with the bench that we have. But you know, Vic is a dynamic defender. You know, can guard 
I would say, one through three and really put pressure on the ball. And then again, when you have a guy like that who can also, you know, hit a, hit a three from a standstill position, who can drive the lane, who can cut, who can elevate, then, you know, we we have a really special weapon here. But based on my reports and what I've heard from doctors, um, he, he it's, it's not good for him uh, as far as what injury he had and how he's rushing this or even trying to get him back, you know, January is probably being too aggressive, more so March, uh, March or April, which again, that's when the season's over. But I'm hoping that they're wrong and that come January, he's back and we're, you know, and now it's him and Hero off the bench and then Bam coming in for his second stint. And then, you know, I think that's going to be a really fun group. So, you know, he looked good. He had a, you know, he's unquestionably motivated. Um, but again, I mean, there's nothing you can do regarding his injury. You know, he has no control of that. Hopefully he plays with confidence and hopefully he can be healthy. And, um, you know, if he is, the sky's the limit for this team and we can win the conference, go back to the finals. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully compete for a championship. And I think uh, I think that would be pretty cool uh, as far as a story for him because we currently own his bird rights, which is tremendous. Which if he if he does bowl up and he's you know the Vic of old, we have his bird rights. We can pay him whatever he want. I mean, with a luxury tax that Mickey will have to pay, but I'm sure Mickey will be happy to pay it if the team is competing for a championship, you know, for the next several years. And uh, and yeah, that wraps up my coverage of Media Day. Oof, uh, the jungle's tough place to be, you know. Sitting down here doing this podcast. Uh, my plan is to do one weekly, just to kind of vent, bring on a special guest co-host every week, kind of to recap the games of the week. You know, we're we usually there are about three or four games to recap. Um, I'll probably complain in most of them. I will probably tell you how the refs need to be jailed, and I will probably, if we're you know a five hundred team, you're gonna it's gonna be bad on you know here in the jungle. So um, anyway, thanks for listening, and much love. Shout out to culture. This is the coach Yoni Fiorentino, and this is the jungle episode one. <laughs>